RC Alienation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 151. Justin tried to screw me up on a take two intro. Not going to happen. Broadcast professionalism you, here. I'm impressed. That was you, good. A, you even had the the ability to giggle through the whole thing. Giggle <laughs> and talk about it. Yeah. All right. Although now that I think about it, the use of the word giggle is uh, it's not working for me. Okay. Whatever you say, Justin. We'll call it a laugh. There you go. Um, Nick's not here tonight. No, he's not. So you still haven't found his body. I guess I did put it in a good spot on the side of the road, in the middle of Montana. Nicely done. Well, we covered it. That was the. Is that was that? That we was covered the catch. it with the tarp that fell off the fucking RV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I do have. Well, before we go on and talk about that, of course, you guys just heard Justin and Jesse. They're here. What's going on? So, it's going. So back to the Nick thing. I have it on good authority that the prodigal son will return probably next week. Look for him there. Yeah, he's got family in town. Yeah. He has had family in town, so he's been trying to take the opportunity to kind of spend some time with them. Family, that's the new word for it. <laughs> that's what we call it. <laughs> Did you guys, uh, I couldn't help but notice, he's living in a Barbie doll house. Did you guys see that? Oh my God. Got the little landscaping thing going on. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it looks good. It, does it look looks good. really freaking <laughs> nice. Good. I might have to hire him. I got some lawn to need money. And that's why he's not been getting any flying in. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I think he has been flying. We're just going to, you know what? We're going to give him a two-week no-fly. That's going to be hard for him to recover from. A two-week no-fly because he's not here to represent. You guys think? Automatic. You know what? I'm good with it, dude. Yeah, I see. Automatic no fly, regardless. I think it makes perfect sense. Just a no fly, or is that a penalty? I think it should be a penalty. Near, I mean, nearly. It's it's close. So you're thinking you want to like literally delete flights from his log? I'm thinking at least a 20 flight penalty. Wow. Holy cow. Is that too harsh? Man, that seems a little harsh. Well, Singing like it's five. kind of rough, dude. It's I mean, the price you pay, man. See, if he was here, he would be able to defend against. He that. would be. That but is true. But you know true. what, Jesse? Hold on. Let's let's think this through. That is ten flights per no fly week. That's pretty good. That's which would put me at about forty flights total for the year. <laughs> so please don't apply that to me. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get Justin. a handicap, right? We will find a relative ratio. That applies to you should you be gone for more than two weeks at a time okay that's fair oh oh i see okay he, see he got a no he's, yeah. o- he's only getting penalized because he's because he's not recording well, you're exactly. yes yes oh, not because okay. of the no well, fly yeah i mean he may have flown but they don't count and since he's not here to report that's an automatic and, you know, minus 10. We can't just and, trust and he, his memory from three right. weeks prior i mean that doesn't no. fly yeah and happen. when he comes back next week we don't want to hear about what he's been flying for the last three weeks. Yeah, because it didn't happen. Because it's 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 done and over with. Yeah. It's yeah. academic at this point. Yeah, it's not as exciting when he tells <laughs> us, well, three and a half weeks ago, I flew 10 flights. Well, 
not in our mind. So try again. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So that means, um, Nick, you will probably listen to this Monday or Tuesday. That means, um, so from Tuesday night to Friday afternoon, to offset, you need to get at least a minimum of 20 flights and just to offset, offset the penalty. The penalty. And then you can start to tell us about how many flights you got this week. So if you did 25, then you actually only get 20, or you only get five. Sound fair? Sounds fair to me. Sounds fair to me. Yep. Maybe next time you'll be here. That's all I'm saying. That's, <laughs> That's all. it. All righty. So what have you guys been up to, man? We uh, took a bit of a break last week. We did. Yeah. Oh, shit. We got to rethink this whole thing. Why? We can't penalize him for the week that none of us were here. Yes, we can. All right, yeah, well. he's, he still did. Yeah, we're going to. We're going <laughs> to. Okay. So, it's been two weeks. We make the rules, Dan. Yeah, when he's not <laughs> here, here. To, to give his input and vote. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah, that it's kind of like yeah. the guy that sets up the meeting at work and then doesn't show up. Who do you think gets all the action items? <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So, what have you guys been up to, man? I know, of course, Snohomish was last week. And, all right? Yeah. Yes, and you two was. went. I didn't go. Couldn't, dude, the idea of traveling 1,400 miles just did not appeal to me. I don't blame you, dude. Honestly, yeah. I really, I really don't. I don't, I don't want to go as far as to say it wouldn't have been worth your trip, but I'm going to say it wouldn't be worth your trip just knowing what you've gone through yeah, in the last the, couple of weeks. Yeah. Like with the whole Urcha thing, and then you having to get up early all last weekend for the Wings for Wishes fun fly, I I I don't think I would have been able to do it, man. Yeah, I wasn't up for it. So let's talk about that for a second and uh, what you guys have been up to. Who wants to go first? I'm gonna go first. All right. So well, we started out with the with the Snohomish fun fly. I guess I mean the week before, week before I don't. Eh. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. We're going to do the same thing <laughs> that we're going to do with Nick here. I don't know what the hell happened to I can't remember what I did earlier. It might as well not even have happened. Right. So yeah. two weeks ago, pfft, um, <laughs> but I got to Snohomish Friday morning. I was supposed to have gone Wednesday and Thursday because this is the first year that they decided to extend it to an official four-day event. So starting on Thursday morning, which means you can show up Wednesday and, you know, get some flying in but because of work and how astacular that's been lately i decided it didn't make sense for me to take wednesday and thursday off but i told them they're not going to see me on friday no matter what happens so uh you know showed up was supposed to show up friday morning i don't think i rolled in until like 3 30 yeah it was now okay now let, let's talk about this because you know, Jesse and I were coordinating. He and I were the only two people that were actually going to go to Snohomish. And um, last I talked to him, he's like, yeah, dude, I'm going to leave probably around 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. That means you should be down here to like 1130, 12. So the day goes on and we haven't talked back and forth. And I call him to see where he's at. And he's like, yeah, I got a bit of a late start. I probably won't be there until about 230 or three. So he was just as far behind as I was. You guys are still dragging yeah. ass. Is what's Thank going you on. for that, well, Justin. And, 
dude well here's the thing though honestly why why was i dragging ass i woke up on friday and it had been a long week of work and i was not convinced i even wanted to go to a fun fly that weekend Wow! like i i was at the point where i i was almost ready to say you know what screw it i'm gonna get this i'm gonna take this time to be alone and actually work more on the fuselage and get some you know trying to get some stuff up for sale and stuff like that uh but i forced myself to go and give it a try and it it did take i think it took most of friday and a little bit of saturday morning to get me back into the fun fly spirit and then we started having some fun snow homish i think it was an awesome it was an awesome event to just kind of hang out and relax with all of our local friends, you know, the guys down in Oregon from all around Washington. Um, it was definitely more relaxing than our typical fun flies because we're usually doing the whole podcast thing Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time, I mean, Jesse and I were still doing the podcast thing from a standpoint of, you know, talking to people who wanted to hang out and helping people out and troubleshooting and stuff like that. And we got to meet a lot of really nice people. We got to meet Matthew who came down from Anchorage, Alaska. Wow. Uh, we got to meet Steve Graham and Josh Bowen. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Steve and Josh came from Denver, uh, the Colorado area. And, uh, actually Steve shipped me his batteries so that he could fly out on a plane, uh, which was, which was pretty cool that, that I could help him out. And so, yeah, we got to hang out with some out-of-towners, some of the the regulars. You know, we had Bodos and Todd Bennett and Jason Krause showed up, uh, Tim Jones, Devin LeBlanc, Nick Maxwell. Who am I missing here, Jesse? Oh, a new kid on Team a yeah, there's a by couple the name A-Man of guys. Andrew Merlino. Yeah. Holy crap, dude. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good fly. Wow. Oh, yeah, he can fly. He can Just fly. Just a little. He uh, came up with a new move, Dan. It's called the Blackberry. The bla- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what that consists of is flying into the top six feet of a Blackberry tree, inverted backwards at 100 miles an hour in a hurricane, chopping the tree in half, and then falling into the remaining portion of the tree. Nice. And the heli was just covered in blackberry just juice. Just a mess. <laughs> and I, I mean, he was there with his dad. The kid's only like 20 years old. I think his dad was kind of pissed. <laughs> I'm not touching that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But he got it back up and running uh, that night. Snohomish was fun. Um, it was a little surprising to see how early the night stuff closed down this year yeah Uh, you know i mean people stayed up after bodos got off the mic but everyone knows snow homish is known for mc bodos right he gets up there on the mic he's had a little bit to drink a little loosened up and he's he's you know he's the master of ceremonies he's egging people on and doing the dj thing with the music well, it seems like they shut down no later than like what, Jesse, like eleven thirty ish? Yeah, eleven thirty. Eleven to eleven thirty each night. Hmm. And then people kept on flying, but I don't know. Was it wasn't the same it was, atmosphere. It didn't have the same atmosphere at night. I agree yep. with you. But got some flying and got some speed flying in. 
which was good. Everyone likes to see that. That seems to be getting more popular. And I got some night flying in too. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I think I had fun. Then this week, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it quick because I know you're already thinking, when is he going to shut up? But I have to brag a little bit because I've completely revamped my heli fleet. Yes, you have. I told you guys yep. this was going to happen. In one week, I have <laughs> sold the T-Rex 700 DFC, sold my nitro motor in the process of selling my Compass 7 HV, bought a Henselet TDR, and bought a Minicopter Diablo. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Didn't I say? You're all speed by next year, man. Yeah, this is... <laughs> so here's my decision. Point. I am getting rid of all of my 3D helis except for the Goblin 770, which was finally solidified in my mind at Snohomish as the heli for me. It just fits me. It's my style. We're, we're connected, the, the two of us. And so the 770 is going to be my 3D heli. No more 700 3D helis. I may end up getting either the Chase 360 or a Goblin 380 as a baby heli. Uh, but the rest of it is basically the TDR is going to be a speed trainer for low head speed, say 2000 to 2200, the Diablo 22 to 2400. And I'll be able to train on both of those uh, pod and booms while I'm working the fuselage on the goblin speed. And then that will be my super high head speed up to 2600 trainer. So I, I'm and guess what else I just did. Right before oh, we started no. recording, <laughs> I bought another Contronic Cosmic 200. Dude. Oh, my goodness. Dude, your yeah. kid is definitely not going to college now. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's no, it. He's got his own college fun, and I'm not taking away from <laughs> yet, it. Yet. Yet. You still right, have to right. put outfit all of these Ellie's. Oh, no, dude. That That's just it. I've got like three or four spare sets of servos, three or four spare fly so, barless systems, batteries. Nick and I do this thing where like at any given time, the two of us have like a dozen various motors like Scorpions mm -hmm. and KDEs. And so we end up trading back and forth. So I've had a couple of his motors for the last six months. He's had a few of mine. We're shipping each other back and forth this weekend. Uh, there you different go. motors. And so to kind of match up with what each of us are now flying. Gotcha. So I, I don't have to buy a single thing for these. Just a contract. <laughs> it was just the cosmic. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, small, you know. Yeah, just a small little just purchase. Just a small purchase. But, but because A-Main didn't make it out as the full team at Snohomish when they planned to do that, they were giving consolation prizes away, one of which was a 20% off coupon against your entire purchase, and it worked on the Cosmic. <laughs> nice so it's like, that's like the, 500 bucks off isn't it dude it was an 810 dollars esc and i only paid 650 wow what a steal that's pretty good see that <laughs> there's something wrong when you're uh, like i feel I like i just stole candy from a baby <laughs> yeah i only paid 650, I only for, the paid SC, 650 yeah. for this speed controller only guys this is good it's all relative man uh-huh yeah. 
Keep telling yourself that. Yep. If that's what helps so, you sleep better at night, then. I means. am going to sleep like a freaking baby, dude. All right. <laughs> Wait until you you see these things in perp- or in person. They're sexy. Okay. All right. Well, you already saw Do the they go inverted? Of the TDR. <laughs> Do they fly inverted? Do they fly inverted? Yeah, I guess if flip? I want them to. Yeah. Man, just one straight line. Hmm. So, okay, did you get any flying in at all? <laughs> this week, or did you just like buy after Snohomish? Yeah. No, this week I didn't. No Today fly. was my day off. And no, no, unless Snohomish last no, Saturday. No, doesn't, doesn't count. Doesn't count. No, fun flies don't I, count. N- yes, they do. No, they don't because count. you're there. You have to fly. You're there. You, you don't, don't have, have to, fly. to fly. Yeah, you do. Ask Ask Jesse and I how much we flew. I the didn't first fly day. very much, but I did fly. Whatever. The first day we were getting Andy's goblin set up for him. I got in so, uh, one flight as the sun so was going down. So we each got one flight in. Well, huh. and I got a, I got flying in at under the spotlights. But oh, tell me this. Uh, yeah. did, did Adam get all of his uh, prize winnings from uh, Urchel ready to fly by Snohomish? No, actually, nope. he's trying to get rid of them. He he was. Probably jokingly, but asked if I would be willing to trade my DFC for his 700X. <laughs> and I was like, nah, nah, sorry, dude. <laughs> I think that's it, Jesse. Go for it, dude. And that's going to, that is definitely going to be tough to be. I mean, sell, buying two brand new helis, but how uh, many Contronics did you buy this week, Jesse? <laughs> I bought none, but I feel great about that, Justin, because I still have 650 bucks in my pocket, dude. So, so I don't really... That's not a valid yeah. attack. Fair no, point. So I got to Snohomish uh, last Friday, probably about 2 o'clock, finally rolled up, and like Justin mentioned, definitely got a late start, because I was planning on being there around 10, 11 in the morning. But I was pleasantly surprised that when I did show up to Snohomish, there was still room on the main flight line. And uh, not only was there room, there was enough to park like three vehicles side by side in this spot that I found. So that was pretty nice because I was fully planning, which I think you were too, Justin, fully planning to be on the south flight line for this event, considering oh, how yeah, considering mean, how late we were, we were getting there. Usually it's filled up, you know, within the first, I don't know, like, 24 hours yeah because last year i showed up thursday morning and barely found a spot for like one tent wide on the main flight line um, yep so definitely was i mean i was happy when i showed up but i was i was really surprised and so i i mean originally i'd planned on getting out there thursday like the previous year but as some of you might have seen i got a little bit busy fishing last week and so you know, got Dude, out you there. You fished your ass off. <laughs> I I did. I don't know if you guys saw those pictures, but it was I a did. it was a lot of fun. I hadn't fished in at there any anyways in like three or four years, so that was a great time. Considering that that place is only like forty five minutes away from my house, so so it was like a fishery, like a hatch- no. It's a it's the <laughs> Fraser. Those are all wild. <laughs> those are all wild, Dan. If um, that's true, then we're taking flights away from it. No, no, no. Because that, that's not how he described was, it to me. That was uh, across the border into Canada. The, the border's like five miles away from my house. And in the Fraser River. And so, and no, those were wild sockeye salmon. That's you, awesome. Yep. 
And so got to Snohomish on Friday. Similar to Justin, I was really just, I was honestly more excited for a camping trip. Um, just to kind of sit back, relax, um, and just kind of take it all in, hang out with some people. Um, it was really cool. Kayla's parents came down for the weekend, brought a truck and a camper. Um, so they hung out Friday, Saturday, and then took off Sunday as well. And I did not get in, it definitely did not get in as much flying as I would have liked. I think one flight Friday, f- uh, five flights or six flights on Saturday, and then four flights on Sunday. So not a ton of flying, but on the other hand, so Justin bought two helis this week. I happened to sell two helis in one what? single fun fly. What'd you get rid of? Yeah, At one you, event. He did, dude. I was, I was impressed. <laughs> I was just like, you know, let's just put a first sale sign on whatever. And so, no, I, I mentioned last week or two weeks ago, I guess now that I had that TRX 500. Um, and so I decided, you know, what the heck? I'm just going to throw a first sale sign on this thing. And that way I don't have to ship it or drag it back to school with me. So ended up selling that to, oh man, his name escapes me. Uh, the guy from... Uh, he lives close to you, Dan, the guy from Montana, the older gentleman who just started flying. Oh, uh, Dick. Yeah, Dick. I sold it to yes. Dick. He's, he nice. was uh, he had one 500 already, and he was looking to acquire another kind of a parts machine, but wanted to get it flying as well. Um, and so he was really excited about that. So that worked out great, finding a deal there. And then it was Saturday evening, um, Justin was trying to sell his 700 DFC and someone, it was uh Tomas, correct, Justin? Yeah. Tomas. Yep. Comes up and is like, man, I'm not really interested in a 700, but if you had a 600 for sale, I'd buy that. And Justin was like, well, Hey, I think Jesse could possibly be looking to sell his six HV ultimate. Uh, maybe go talk to him. And sure enough, I, I'd kind of been kicking it around in the back of my mind because my long-term plan is to eventually be flying two 700-class electrics, keep the warp, and then the N7 Nitro. And so I I wasn't quite planning on selling the 6HV this soon, but you know when the right person comes along and you get the, the right deal, what the heck? It's also really nice to not have to uh, ship that one yeah. or do anything like that. So I ended up selling two helicopters in one weekend. Damn! I can, yeah, can honestly say I I have not done that in a long actually ever. I've never sold two helicopters in one weekend, so that was and, awesome. And here's the deal, though, Dan. That's even crazier. He sold the 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 T Rex 500 was a flybard heli. <laughs> it was a fly, but that was a and good, Dick was on top of it. He's like, I'm going and buying a new head from Ken right now. Nice. That that was a you know I recognize it was a flybar heli, and I made someone a good deal though. There you go. So it, it had all the you know all the electronics, motor, speed controller, et cetera, et cetera. Other than that, the only other thing at Snohomish uh, was doing that balloon pop competition. Oh, um, I, I gotta say about that that was a lot. I I had no idea that was a lot of fun initially. Which I kind of mentioned this to Justin. Initially, I don't think it's as hard as the bottle knock because if you can get the balloon within like the first five to ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're pretty much set, but once it starts getting out there, ten, twenty, thirty seconds, and you start trying to get that depth of field, you're like, "Crap, is my heli in front of it? Behind it? Am I out too far?" It it becomes really really challenging. 
that was an awesome experience to uh, try out that competition. And I think everyone had a great time. So, yeah. And you and I, dude, I came in second and you came in third. Yeah. And I almost, well, actually, you tied for third. I tied for third. Which brings us to the next topic that Dan can, I think, Dan, you can really relate to this. Jesse kind of got screwed this weekend. Uh oh. On the uh, on the on the on the prizes and the giveaways, you didn't get anything, Jesse. Oh, gee. <laughs> well, he got something. Yeah, I got uh, two feet of field tubing. That was what was sitting on the table when I got drawn. <laughs> yep, and he got to split his ten dollar third place winnings with another person, which, so he got five bucks. Which I, I really need to complain about that because I saw him writing down times, and they were going to the tenth of a second. Maybe even the hundredth of a second. And so I have a pretty hard time believing that. There was a perfect tie, but, you know, wasn't in charge of the numbers. So who knows? But Well, when the stopwatch stops, it stops. It does. And so, yeah, it, I mean, it was, it was becoming a game. I had about six to eight people all listening for my number uh, during the raffle cheering for me. And it still and just, at one point just they called help. like every number in that decade. Like he yeah. was number thirty-seven, and they called like thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-eight, and thirty-nine. <laughs> and Jesse's like, "Forget it, I'm going. I'm done. Yeah, I'm I'm done." And so finally, it got called, and yep, got some fuel tubing. So, huh. well, I wouldn't have got anything if I was there. I wouldn't have been. Called. <laughs> you so. would have had to wait for the okay. Everyone, come up front who didn't get called, and yeah, here's some come stickers. get a koozie. there was one cool thing though dan i forgot to mention that uh we did on saturday you know brian harvey yeah uh, who passed away late last year in in december yeah well uh this was the first big event at the club since his passing and so adam adam malloy actually this was his idea and he coordinated and put the whole thing together uh, he set up a memorial breakfast on Saturday, and he actually got Brian's entire family, his sisters, his parents, mm-hmm. to come out, and they actually did, you know, the parents and family got up there and said a couple of words, and then spread some of his ashes on the field, huh. and then let some of the club members do the same thing, and then uh, we cooked a lot of food. Bacon. So 52 pounds, 52 pounds of bacon. (laughs) Nice. George and I cooked the bacon. Uh, Seth was cooking a couple of other people over there. So he did 52 pounds of bacon. I want to say he, he, how many dozen eggs was it? Like 24 dozen eggs. In fact, there was so much that after the fun fly was over on Sunday afternoon, we ended up going and cooking up like another 15 pounds of bacon. Wow. for for uh for nice. lunch so it, it was it was really cool i mean i like to see that you know recognizing past members and all that that's that's important to me so i think that's it since then since nahomish i have not bought two helicopters i have not done any flying um this last week was the first week of classes so starting my last semester of school and still kind of getting settled in and hopefully get out this weekend since it is a three-day weekend so. bk servos offer a value not yet seen in the industry for less than a hundred dollars you get a super fast servo with plenty of torque lightweight 
compact, and unique CNC design with excellent centering. There is just nothing on the market like this today. So if you want to experience great value and industry-leading support, head over to www.bkservo.com. Check them out. Well, I have to go back two weeks because I need to talk a little bit about the uh, Wings for Wishes uh, fun fly that I went to. It's kind of the, you know, it was the weekend right after Urcha. I, man, I, t- I woke up I, that Saturday morning. I'm like, I'm so tired. I had, you know, because we recorded. And then I was, my plan was to get up really early and get out there. And I just, I just couldn't do it. So I got out much later than anticipated, but. Just a little bit of background, uh, Eric Kendall from, I think he's from Ronan or Polson. Anyway, up in that neck of the woods, mm-hmm. all the proceeds go to uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation and it's a Wings for Wishes. And I think there's Wings for Wishes uh, events throughout the country. And Eric just happens to do the one here in Montana. Primarily uh, a plane event. A few helicopter guys did show up. It was a it was a good time. The turnout was, you know, for a small Montana event, it was pretty good. I want to say there were uh, somewhere forty ish. I could be way off, but I think it was around forty. I didn't get a final count. Mm-hmm. Donated a couple shirts, and uh, RCLA Nation also made a one hundred dollar donation to the Make a Wish Foundation. And awesome. um, the cool thing here is, through his efforts, he was able to raise. $3,800. Wow. Nice. One thing that I would like to see, I, t- I was talking to Eric about it. I, 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 was, I was thinking about spending the night, but I was tired. Jack uh, from Kalispell came down, and his son Ryan. We hung out. The, you know, it was kind of a intermittent rain kind of day, you know. Fly when you can. Uh, did a couple demos. Jack flew. Uh, Ryan didn't, I don't think, got any flights in. Saw a couple other helicopter guys fly. I didn't stick around uh, all day. I think I left around four-ish. But we talked about, I'd like to see if we can somehow get involved a little deeper next year and and help them raise a little bit more money. Uh, So we're going to be looking into that. As soon as I know, well, he's already got the dates for next year. That's how on top of it he is. But as we we start getting into the spring next year, I'm going to probably start talking about it some more. We're going to see if we can't get some listener involvement somehow. I don't know. Help them raise a little bit of money because all this money goes to help a young kid fulfill some wish that has got a terminal illness. So you, you that's can't, freaking cool, man. Yeah, you can't ask for a better, yep. a better way to spend a little extra money. You know, we're not talking about a lot of money. We're talking ten, five bucks. You know, nothing, nothing big. So that was a good event. I was tired, <laughs> Justin. I, I, I will echo your sentiment when i woke up that saturday morning i'm like oh man do i really want to drive all the way to saint ignatius which in the reality is how, how far away is that it's like 90 miles okay so yeah it's about an hour and a half ish yeah and i said you know I, I committed to it i'm gonna go so i went and i did enjoy myself i was tired didn't have a lot of energy but uh, we had a good time uh great barbecue man they had all kinds of food there. So if you're in this region and, and I'm going to, I'll definitely talk about it again next year, you know, kind of maybe plan to go 
if you're in the, I wouldn't expect, you know, you guys to come all the way from Seattle, but you know, I mean, those of us who live and I know we have a lot of listeners in this general region. So, uh, definitely maybe consider that for next year. A lot of fun and it's for a fantastic cause. So that aside, um, not a, not a whole lot has been going on. However, I would like to say over the last two weeks, I've got 25 flights in. Oh, 15 the week before 10 this last week. Well and, done. So that, nice. that puts me at 414 flights. Suckers. Oh, God. That's probably right Dude. about where I'm at. You're killing Within me one or two. <laughs> I'm very close to breaking 300, which means I'm horribly behind. Horribly behind. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever other, uh, yeah, descriptor you'd like to use. One thing, too, I'd like to mention, uh, Dieter got in touch with me, wanted to see if I'd be interested in taking a look at some uh, expert servos. And Ooh. so they showed up in the mail. I've got plans for them. Uh, no, I'm not going to do a review. I don't really, as you guys know, don't do reviews. Um, but I will kind of give you my thoughts uh, as that uh, this is the time frame on this is open-ended. I do have my eye on a helicopter and I will most likely be getting one here shortly. Um, still going to leave it a bit of a secret, but I think if you guys thought about it hard enough, you'd probably be able to figure it out. I think I know what it is. Go ahead. I'll tell you if you're right. Will you? I will, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to go with the obvious first, which I'm, I'm pretty sure it isn't, but I just want to, I got to hear it from the horse's mouth. Compass 7HV. No. Okay. How about a Kronos? No. Okay. How about a Rush Evolution? There you go. Oh, <laughs> you're sticking with Charlie then, I huh? am, man. I got to tell you, there's, there's a couple of reasons for that. Got a chance to meet Charlie at Urcha. Got to kind of just shoot the shit with him for a little bit. Personal is not the right word. I mean, he, he kind of sticks to himself. He's very sure of himself, very confident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he and he pulls that off. With, you know, it's tough sometimes to pull off the confidence without coming across as arrogant. And he does not come across as arrogant, at least my impression. Very sure of himself, full of good ideas. And I said it to a few people, probably one of the hardest working individuals in the hobby. And I just want to support that because he's he, does, he has a great product. I've flown his Fusion. I love my rush. I fly it all the time and definitely the one I'm going to, going to be getting. But that being said, uh, nah, I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> not going to go down that road. Almost did it, Jesse. Not going to do it though. I would not rule out. I'll go ahead and say it. I would not rule out a seven HP at this point. Okay. But as a second, as a second purchase, right? Probably be able to get a good deal on one from ed here soon i don't think he flies planes or uh, helicopters anymore he's been flying planes did you guys happen to see that facebook yeah, post dude i've no, heard that from you like five times dude, in the last two years dude take a look when you get a chance on ed's yes. facebook okay he, he was at the field the other day and he <sighs> posted a picture of a plank that he's been flying and he called me to say i'm landing it by myself <laughs> 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 Wow, and you're like, I I hope so. That would 
he's been flying those planes for about a year and a half now, and he's not built up the courage to land it. He oh. always hands a transmitter off to, to our buddy Larry. But I think he's landing. Oh. I think he's taking off and landing all by himself now, so he's pretty excited about that. He did tell me, though, he said, I, I don't, you know, I'm just taking a break from helicopters. He said, don't worry. When, it, when the itch happens, I will come for you and find you, and we will fly helicopters. So I don't, uh, I don't think he's got any plans to get rid of him. I think he'll, uh, he'll get back into him when the time is right. He was thinking I was at Snohomish. So he called and he was, oh, he was like, uh, jealous. He said, I was, I was, I was jealous of you because I thought you were at Snohomish and he wasn't, he was camping, fishing. So I think he has, he's that itch to fly is happening. Uh, he's just got to get through this planker phase that he's in. But you think he's going to get rid of the 7HV first? I, you know, I think if someone made him an offer that was good, he'd probably take it. But it would have to be highly stacked in his favor. You know mm. what I mean? So, apparently it's all together. He had one crash with it here, oh Christ, a couple months ago. Uh, but it's all back together now. Other than that, guys, I... uh the only thing I've been doing is uh, working on uh, that which shall not be named. Learning how to do some CAD stuff, some CAM stuff, post-processor stuff. Some design stuff. You and yeah. I had an interesting conversation earlier today. Yes, we did. I had to call Justin this morning to get some uh, properties of physics discussion. Yeah. And that was kind of fun. Helped big time. Cool. Made it look like, yeah. made me not look like a complete imbecile when I was talking to suppliers. Sweet, dude. <laughs> so, anyway, that was kind of fun. That, that's about uh, that's about it for me. I was kind of looking forward to, and actually I was going to try to drag Ed to the field this weekend. Uh, not a lot planned. However, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but winter's coming. For real. Mm. Oh, it, was, it is. It was 50 degrees and raining here the other day, and apparently this weekend it's supposed to be the same thing. Windy, 50 degrees, and rain. That's what it's supposed to be over here as well. And it was 89 degrees here today. Oh. Damn it. Yeah, it was nice here today as well. <laughs> yeah. So We had one day this... I mean, all week it was beautiful. Wednesday was like the hottest day of the week at like 87, and then, of course, I get off work and it rains all day today. I know, cool. and, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw... Uh, just talking about weather real quick here last week, all the major ski hills in Montana got dumped on everything above 6,000 feet just got slammed. Oh, with snow. seriously? So they're going to open the ski, no, ski they resorts? Didn't, they didn't get that much snow, but you know, it's starting already. The accumulation is starting. Accum yeah. And the trees are turning, already starting to turn colors. <laughs> Oh hmm. no! Yeah, it's so coming. Did you end. at least get through the smoke season? Uh, you know unscathed? what? This we had an unusually wet year, and we really only had a couple days of smoke. So, and I was uh, listening to a uh, uh, some radio talk radio on the way in to work. I think yesterday morning or this morning it might have been, and um, they've only used up like ten uh, percent of their fire budget this year. So, here in Montana, so. No, hmm. not a lot of fires this year. Well, that's good. Yeah, and it's uh, it's too late now for smoke season. Uh, the dew point's getting down low enough at night, and it's mm -hmm. uh, to the point where even if a fire did start, it wouldn't stand much of a chance up good. here anyway. 
So we'll uh, we'll move on to the news. We have any news tonight? Yeah, we got a, a little bit. We got a few newses. Excellent. If that's a word. So Dan, you know how I've been taste testing a lot of different helis lately. Well, I think it's about time to try out a new flavor. I'm wondering if you've got any suggestions for me as to what to look at next. Dude, did you not read Nick's review on the Blade 700X? Man, you've got to head over to Blade Helicopters and check out their new Pro Series helis. Oh man, you're right. That 700X looks like it's just the ticket. Well, I'm off to www.bladehelis.com to check out my next flavor. Alrighty, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. You see how that's done, Justin? That was yeah, good, Dan. You, you still, nailed it. I never went back to listen to the episode from a few weeks back, and you guys never told me what the hell it was that I said wrong, so... So, I don't know. Doesn't matter. It was, it was wrong. That's it about, was wrong. It's all the matter. All the matters. Yeah. That's all, all right. Okay. Well, what do we got fair. for news? First thing up here is is pretty freaking cool. I think um, MKS Servos, and specifically Thomas Cook over at MKS Servos USA, has done a massive revamping of their product line prices. And basically, it's it's partly because they've brought in a couple of new servo lines recently. We've talked about the HBL 960 and 990s that are kind of like uh, a slightly detuned, slightly lower priced version of the flagship X8s, um, but also because they want to keep the pricing competitive uh, in in the heli servo market because there are a lot of awesome heli servos out there right now. So what that means is uh, all of the servos, almost all of the servos in the standard size, high voltage, brushless MKS line got a price drop. The HBL 665s and 669s, which are kind of like their workhorse uh, servo, if you will, that's that's sort of the standard one with the plastic case, but the aluminum, the red aluminum heat sink. Those used to be 130 and 135 a piece for the cyclic and tail. Now they're 110 and 115, which is awesome. And then the super nice ones, the HBL 950 and 980s, which used to be 155 and 160, are now down to 135 and 140. And then, of course, the HBL 960 and 990s come in at 150 and 155 apiece. So a little bit more than the 950s and 980s. And then the X8s are still up at basically 190, uh, 190 to 200 apiece. And this this happened across the board on all of their servos. I think it's really awesome. You know me, I, I... I not just because I'm on team MKS, but because I really do stand behind the product. I think it's, it's great to see that they recognize that they need to do something to, to remain competitive. So Mm -hmm. props to them. So the speed thing seems to be getting more and more popular, or at least the use of the word speed in the name of a helicopter. Okay. 
RJX is jumping on the bandwagon here. We've talked about it already in previous news as the RJX Vector 703D, but they now have it uh, called out as the Speed LE Combo, limited edition helicopter. So they're limiting the quantity to 300 only. That's how many they're making worldwide, 300 unique hmm. serial numbers. They can be customized with your name on the rotor head, the body, and the blades. Uh, they've got different combo packages. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming probably with like the color of the fuselage and the uh, the servos that they put in it, that sort of a thing. Uh, you know, it, it's called it's called a high end 3D speed machine. I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know if that's like a lost in translation thing or if they're pulling a line with like the speed canopy upgrade that you can get for the regular T-Rexes. Um, I think it looks interesting. I haven't seen the mechanics yet. It kind of looks like a fish to me. But I guess you could argue that most speed fuselages do. So yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it does or if it's even competitive or whether it was truly designed for speed or if they're just kind of using that word uh, to get sales because nowadays it seems to be somewhat of a fad. Do you guys yeah. ever uh, yeah. played with an RJX heli before? I've not. No. Have yeah. you? Got a bit of an issue with the word quality and RGX in the same sentence. Oh yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Do tell. Well, you know, I I messed around with a RGX gasser. Mm-hmm. Failed attempt at a gasser. Oh, I think I remember <laughs> this. Yeah. And uh it it just I you know, I guess you know, it was just a it was just a bad a bad design, a bad idea, and um, you just, I don't know, RJX, they've had several attempts, and you guys remember the um, the RJX 90 Extreme Nitro? Do you see any of those around anymore? Nope. Uh, made an attempt at a 550. See any of those around anymore? I can't remember what it's called. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're making yeah. pretty solid points here. It's so a lot far. of evidence. Um. You know, the one, the few things of RJX, and I don't know if they're just rebranded, but I've had luck with the <laughs> RJX servos. And I used to fly RJX blades on my Gowie 550. And they were all right. <laughs> so you, you never had problems with the RJX servos? I still fly them in um, the rush. It's funny you say that because Nick and I were talking last night. And he was going over all the spare servo sets that he's got. He's got a set of RJXs and he's like, dude, there's, I cannot come up with any reason why I shouldn't keep these. Um, they're awesome. They've never been bad for me in any way, shape or form, but there's just something about it that makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's your experiences with other RJX products. I, you know, I've, flown rjx electronics before and never had any problems with them that's why i didn't even i didn't even blink at putting rjx servos into my into my rush mm -hmm. and nice. um never had a problem with them and i've got a ton of flights on the rush so uh but as far as helis eh, you know stuff that they design completely from the ground up eh, 
Maybe not. Yeah, it looks like Who an knows? interesting design. Yeah, I mean, they it, seem to make it look beefy, but I don't know. Well, I well, mean, they, it definitely looks like they they at least attempted to cater it towards speed with the fuselage design. And if you actually go to their website and look at the technical details, it does look like a pretty thin profile um, from the front. And so, yeah, you know, Jesse, what it reminded me of was the uvular or uvular fuselage, whatever the <laughs> hell you, it's called. What did you just what say? What did you just say? <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not even going to try to correct you because. Yeah. Okay. Damn you people. Now I'm going to check. Now I'm going to check. The Volvo? The Volvo helicopter? <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. The logo Uvular. Uvular. U- it's, it's spelled U V U. L-A-R. How do you pronounce that, Dan? I don't know, but if you look real close and search real hard, you'll find it. (laughs) 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 You have to know anatomy really well. You will find it. In fact, as I was typing that, (laughs) you know how Google does like the real-time search? As I'm typing that, it, yeah, it wasn't good. I, I now I really want to know what the background is on that name because it, it did bring up some fairly uh explicit results before I actually got to type helicopter if, after for, for those of you who don't who don't get it yet, we're talking about the little man in the boat. And now That's we right. should now we should move on. <laughs> okay, let's yeah, let's let's move on. So next in news, actually third and final news i guess this is news of the week i don't know that makes I mean, it with news only of the three week. news is it makes it news of the week right yeah so zeal blades this it's been a pretty hot blade brand lately and they are now coming out with a new 750 size blade set now they're they are saying they're doing it primarily for the alias rush which is fine by me because Uh, I've got a Goblin 770 that has what I believe to be one of the last sets of intact Edge 753s on the planet. You might want to put those on the wall. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do uh, when those eventually go in because I'm not a big fan of the SAB 770 blades. So I'm actually feeling pretty good about the fact that there's another blade brand coming out with 750 class blades. Have either so, of you actually tried the Zeal Blades yet? I haven't. Have you? No, I, I have not either. I was just, I was curious. I, I have heard some good things about them. I just personally have not tried a set yet. Now, yeah. let's let's talk about this. Uh, I've heard rumors, can't confirm, have no idea whether there's any truth in it, that these are rebadged, rebranded edges. I've heard that too, but I've also heard... That's been denied. Okay. As to to hmm. be false. I don't know. I I overheard some conversation. I wasn't directly involved in the conversation at Urchin. Mm-hmm. And um, I, that was denied. I mean, just absolutely. Uh, I don't know, though, man. They, they, they seem to have a very similar profile, don't they? They do look similar. And, and you know what? I mean, honestly, 
if they were, that's not a bad thing. I, I agree completely. Edges were badass rotor blades. They make good blade farts. I mean, they're still, they the, they're the only blade I know that makes that edge fart sound. You know what? I missed that. And I wished I had a set when I was at that that Wings for Wishes fun fly because those were a bunch of plankers. Those are demo yes. blades. They're I good demo flight yeah. blades. Because I had my rails on and they don't really, I mean, they're, you know. They're pretty they, smooth. Oh, they, yeah, they're yeah. smooth. They're but they, they, they make the loose ass blade. I almost part. put the <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no, yeah, I'm right on that road. Right. Yeah. Uh, I almost put on a set of old school Maverick seven. Are they thirteens? Fifteens? Seven tens. Seven tens. Oh, like the gray ones, Ooh. the gray and white Ooh. ones. Just because those can make some farts. Yeah, Maverick does make some noise, that's for sure. I just wanted to be, I just, dude, I wanted it to be loud. Some attention. Exactly. Well, I mean, hey, if Zeal really is Edge, and they, even if they don't want to admit it, I'm okay with it. I, I don't think that's like a derogatory thing. Like I don't either. Maybe some other rebranded products might be in our industry. And I mean, they look cool, dude. They've got the whole... Zeal oh, yeah. thing af- across the blade, I think, although I'm not sure, that you can get them in different colors, kind of like the Blackline series from SAB. The one I'm looking at here is a set of 750s that are yellow and white. Who knows? Yeah, they look good. We'll see. We will see. Jesse, you Damn, got that's news? all I've got, dude. <sighs> that's all you got? I, I got, got no, t- no news. I got, two thi- I got two things. First, it's not really news because it's not really... well. I don't know. It's not like there's a story or something going on out there, but it's something that you mentioned, Justin, about Snohomish and our boy, Kenny, who is no longer a Pacific Northwester, but nonetheless, you made a, you made a mention and if you want to elaborate on it, he showed this past weekend at Snohomish that he's a contender. Don't you think? Oh yeah, dude. I I mean... We're, so we're talking about Kenny McDonald, K-Mac. Uh, he recently moved out of the Northwest to take a job uh, in Texas mm-hmm. for Team KDS. Okay. The KDS ha- helicopters, the Agile, the Chase. Um, awesome guy. If you've ever met him, uh, he's he's a natural on the sticks. Absolutely natural. Doesn't matter what and, it is. If it flies and it's RC. He nails it. That is absolutely correct. And, you know, Jesse and I, we were talking about this all weekend long. Uh, You know, we've got big name people at Snohomish. You got Bodos, you got Bennett, Krause, those guys, Uh, Maxwell, Nick Maxwell. Now, uh, in that cast of characters, you'd think that no one could come anywhere close. And, and maybe it's just a flying style thing, but I'll be honest with you. I'm still more entertained by watching Kenny McDonald fly than I am any of those other guys. I mean, Maxwell does some crazy shit, no doubt. And, and like Merlino and Tim Jones, those guys, they fly hard, they fly fast, they fly low. But what's different between Kenny and everyone else is he can fly hard, he can fly fast and slow, uh, he can fly to music and adapt to the beat, 
and he does it all with a lot of technical skill. Yep. He's not repeating the same two or three moves over and over again in different orientations. I mean, he has got it all. Yeah, I think the so, one thing I noticed was, you know, most of those other guys there, they were they were putting on a show. They were flying extremely hard and really, really low. Most, you know, most of their flights just within inches of the ground where Kenny. Now, I don't know if this was just, you know, he's trying to avoid crashing a little more or whatnot, but he was, you know, he definitely had some space underneath this between his helicopter and the ground. But like you mentioned, a lot more technical maneuvers thrown in there. I'd be interested to see. You know, maybe when you get some of those other guys in a quote unquote competition setting and maybe not such a crowd pleasing setting, um, how it kind of levels out or what happens. That's a that's a good point. That is a good point because they're not there to compete. They're not there to they're not showing off all show their technical, technical maneuvers. They're, they're trying to get in a, you know, please the crowd. Yeah. They're all flying low and hard and fast. And that's, so. yeah, that's, that's a good point. But. I don't know, man. It's going to be exciting to see as uh, Kenny progresses in the hobby. I think uh, I think we're going to be seeing him at some of the major competitions. He he better be yeah. at like XFC or something like that next year. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> absolutely. And he and Kenny, if you're listening, you better be competing with me in the Speed Cup next year too. <laughs> he Ken, Kenny's be, become sort of one of my speed buddies. Yeah. A second little tidbit. You guys hear what happened with Dieter? Dieter got on Team Optipower. Yeah. Okay, so who who doesn't sponsor Dieter right now? Honestly, it's a he's short with, list. He's with MD <laughs> Hellies. Scorpion. He's with Scorpion. Uh, what else? Expert, uh, Expert, Expert servos. servos. Uh, Optipower batteries. Is he on? A, is oh he yeah, still he's doing on the icon, icon, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Icon, yeah. He's on Team Icon. Jeez, man, that's a Does full-time job in yet? itself. I don't know if he, and and you know, for anyone who doesn't know Dieter, it is a full-time yeah, job. Yeah, for him he, takes he takes all that, that shit seriously. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does a great job at representing those companies. I mean, Urcha and just <laughs> that was his element there, yeah. and so that was awesome. So that's, uh, that's pretty much all I got. Justin, Jesse, you guys done as well? Yeah. Jesse, nothing. I got nothing. Update on the Kronos, man. Two weeks ago, you said you're going to have it in three or four weeks. Where are we? I hear two weeks. From Is now? It, okay. So from, it's from sort now. of a, it's a rolling two weeks. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> so in two weeks, it'll still be a two weeks. Just, just or from, maybe it'll be one week. It, yeah, so we'll probably check back in in three weeks, and I'll say one week, you know, something like that. Okay. Um, it, well, I just, hey, I, as I long have as to we're keep, making progress. Exactly. I have to keep it at least appear like it's getting closer. Yeah, and then I, you I can definitely say, can't go backwards. I can't go, oh, it's four weeks out now. You and then know? you can say six days, and then six days later, you can exactly. say five days. It should be right. here tomorrow. It should be this here tomorrow. Three hours. <laughs> three hours three later, hours. two hours. Yeah, so. There you go. Wow. Hey, dude, Dan, I do have one. It's not it's not quite news, but I just want to give a mention because there have been people asking me about this. Uh, next week, I am going to do my best to commit to having the review ready for the OptiPower uh, 6S5000 Ultra Packs, the 50C mm. Packs. Uh, I started this back in, I want to say, May 2013 of, of 2011. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 
So like like the speed review, it took a while, and that's because you don't just fly packs for 10 cycles and are prepared to say something about them. Plus, you know me, I like data. So um, I, I'm right about at 100 cycles on this, pa- on this pack set between the speed uh, and the 770 and a line. And so I feel like I've got enough data and experience on them to talk objectively. And so I am going to get that review out there, hopefully next episode. No, you're committed now. You announced yep. it. It's true. Better make it happen. That it? Last chance. Done. Think so. All right, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Rev Electrics USA. They have a great selection of battery chargers and battery management systems to include charging adapters and power supply selection. They have LiPo batteries and flight stabilization systems as well. They also have a wide variety of accessories and RC hobby sports gear too. Log on to www.usastore.revelectrics.com to find out more. That's R-E-V-O. L-E-C-T-R-I-X dot com. So we started the week off um, Tuesday as we typically have our our, uh, weekly production meeting on Tuesdays. We got to thinking about what it is we wanted to talk about. Couldn't really come up with anything. So we just decided to freeform it. So here's what we've done. I don't know if Jesse's brought anything to the table, but I know that Justin did, and he didn't tell us what it was. I have a couple things. Didn't tell any of the guys. We're just going to kind of lay it out and discuss it free form. So, Justin, you go first. What do you got? I think this is going to be kind of a cool one. It's nothing controversial. I'd actually like to hear from a lot of our listeners on this, too. So, as you guys listen along, think it through and get in touch with us on email or Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the last few weeks, guys, we've done a lot of cool stuff with the Urcha thing. Um, you know, even if you go back two months, I think we had a really big milestone with our fun fly. Yeah, it's the second one. So we've already done it before, but I feel like it was pretty much better in every way. And, and I look forward to next year for both our fun fly and Urcha and think it's going to be even better than the last. Uh, and so that got me thinking about my time in the hobby and w- what it made me wonder uh, about others is what are, you know, if you think back through the however many years you've been in the hobby, what have been the most impactful events or experiences that you've had both positive and negative. So it, it could be something as simple as uh, learning how to transition from hover to forward flight, or it could be meeting a pro pilot and being able to talk to him or get a signature or seeing someone fly or going to event um, or, or something not so awesome uh, like a crash or something along those lines. But, I, I wanted to kind of pick your guys' brains and see what you thought oh, wow. uh, along those lines. Mm. So 
Dan, I think you're you're going to be up first. Yeah. Okay. So I've got take your time. This is actually going to tie in really well um, to what I want to talk about. Uh, but we'll oh, good. St- we'll start with. So you did get the memo. <laughs> I did, but I'm going to take it a little bit different way. But I'm going to wait until we're all done, and then I'm going to. So I'm going to kind of break mine up into a couple things. Uh, first, let's the, the the first thought that popped into my mind when you mentioned positive things that have happened in the hobby to me personally. Uh, and it was, the first thing was, I remember trying to transition from hover to forward flight, and I struggled with that for a long, long time. And I was with a friend of mine at the field, uh, uh, an older guy, Larry, he flies planes. And he said, here, fly this plane for a little bit, take your mind off of it. So I did found it very easy uh i actually even bought a plane I, I didn't keep it very long sold it but for about two weeks i flew a plane I, and i did a little bit of heli flying and i you know i didn't have any problems landing it or taking it off and i was flying the shit out of it but something clicked during that two-week period mm-hmm. because the day I said, I, I just remember I was at the field one day and I was like, eh, I just don't feel like pulling that plane out. I'm going to pull a heli out. And I did. And it was a, it was a night and day difference. All of a sudden I could open the heli up and just start ripping it around the field. I mean, I literally went from not trusting myself at the start of that two week period and not really flying for that two weeks, only planes, to just being able to let that helicopter just rip. Just circuits, figure eights, no problem at all. Like you'd been doing it for a long time. Yeah, and even people I were flying, I, I had been flying with, Larry and a few of the other guys, they looked at me like, what in the hell happened? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I just flipped the switch. It just made, the, there was a connection. And I've talked about this before. You know, we have new guys that ask us, how do you do, you know, how do you make that transition? And, you know, it's tough. It's a tough mental transition to make. I actually have suggested to a few listeners, if you have somebody that's got a trainer or if you want to go spend a couple hundred bucks on a trainer, that was an amazing transformation. And it literally turned me from a hovering and, you know, those of you who have been listening to the show for a long time, for a long time, we would say, oh, Dan's at 15 degrees this week, you know, or 45 degrees. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It was, it was a long running joke, but it was, that transition took me a long time. And um, that was probably the most overwhelming positive thing that's happened that I could. You know, dude, that's, that's him. It sounds so simple, and I hadn't thought about it until now, but, you know, we give planks a lot of of hard time, right? <laughs> we give them a lot oh, of yeah. shit. And, I mean, to hear that now, uh, for the record, I didn't do it that way. M- myself, personally, I never flew a plank before I flew a helicopter and never really flew a plank after flying helicopters until a couple of years into the hobby. But now that you mention that, I feel like, that would have been a really awesome thing to do because when you are making that transition, 
you've you're you know you're in the mindset of all you know how to do is hover and you don't know how the hell that thing is going to behave when it starts moving yep and when you realize that it actually flies pretty much like an airplane Mm -hmm. when it's actually going fast enough and i find it's easier to fly fast right when you first get started that's that's pretty freaking profound i wonder if there are others out there that have used planks along the way to kind of as stepping stones. You know, one other thing Hmm. too, that that kind of surprised my plane flying buddies was when I first started flying the plane, I was used to using the rudder on a helicopter. And if you go to a typical old folks planker field, the only time they use the rudder is when they're on, when they're taxiing on the ground. Yep. Yep. They never use So I was doing coordinated turns so I could just really just carve turns out real nice with the plane. And so that translation, it just, it really worked wonders. You were looking like a damn pro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, wait a minute. All (laughs) you can do is hover a helicopter. How are you able to do that on a plane? (laughs) So, you know, and it it helped a couple other things it helped with was um, it, it just helped me get comfortable with a machine moving fast away from me, fast towards me, fast near me, and fast on the far side of me, right? On the other side of the field, on the, you know, however deep your field is. And it just really allowed me to um, kind of get used to the feeling of a machine moving while I'm controlling it. And um worked wonders. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, definite confidence booster. The The second... The second most profound thing, and almost should be the first uh, event that happened, um, but it kind of gets minimalized after a number of years. But a lot of you new guys that are brand new to the hobby will completely remember or appreciate this, and I, you guys will too. I remember I had my Vibe 50 was my first, uh, quote, you can't see them, but air quotes helicopter. I, you know, I've talked about the seven seconds with the axe 400. So I call a friend of mine up, uh, lives, he lives a few miles away. And I said, Hey man, why don't you come down? I used to hover in a big parking lot. Uh, that's where I first started flying about a quarter mile away from my house. Got permission from the landowner. The, it was the church actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we went down there and it was the first time where I was, I had flown with Jason J. You guys have all met him. Um, one or two flights out in Coeur d'Alene, near Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So I come back and I call my buddy and we go down and we set up my table and, you know, get the heli ready. And fired it up, walked it out, put it on the ground. And I lifted it about two feet off the ground. And I, and I just remember looking over at my buddy and saying, holy shit, I'm flying it. <laughs> you know what i mean and i nice. hovered almost a full tank with no issue right there and it was the most nerve-wracking eight minutes but when i landed i put the radio down and i looked and i said oh my god i can't believe it that is incredible and that was my first experience solo without somebody right there kind of walking me through it right and it was just a very incredible event So, you know, that kind of harkens back to the very beginning of the hobby for somebody. Sometimes we forget about that moment, but when you sit there and think about it, it's, it's really a profound 
it's the catalyst because you just want to be able to do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's where it all starts. Thirdly, so I'm kind of I'm kind of regressing back in time. <laughs> I remember when I got I talked about the axe. I got the axe from Tower Hobby. It shows up, and I I pulled it out of the box. It's ready, you know, quote unquote, ready to fly. <laughs> and uh, I remember taking it out of the box, and it was flybar heli, of course. And looking at all the linkages and how everything just kind of worked together. And I just thought, oh my God, this is the coolest thing on earth. Look at this. Look at all these little parts working in unison to make this thing fly. Never really flew that heli. I just remember sitting in my room spinning the head and watching it all work yep. and thinking this is the coolest <laughs> this thing. Is, yeah. Which heli was that? <laughs> that was the Axe 400. Oh, heli yeah. Max. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So just to kind of refresh your guys' memory, not knowing anything about helicopters, hadn't found any of the forums yet, I took it out to my, I just, and I, so I, this is the closest I've ever come to an accident. Set it out in my driveway and I had uh, uh, an SUV with the hatch, you know, so I was sitting in the back of the SUV with the hatch up. And I just pulled it up, and I was like, guess this is what you're supposed to do, right? And and, and it came off the ground, and it was hovering, but it started drifting towards me, and I just went full collective. And it Did hit you the, just freeze? I just like hit you full, didn't know what full to collective, do? positive full or collective, negative? Full positive collective. Full positive. Oh. <laughs> and, it, and it hit the corner of the hatch, of the open hatch. Huh. That was that seven seconds with the. And that and was the first, it, huh? Well, the first, yeah. I mean, and the first thought that came to my mind was, I need a better helicopter because it had nothing yeah, to this, do with my skills. Yeah, this one's a piece of crap. <laughs> so <laughs> then I went in and uh, ordered the Rush or ordered the uh, the Rush, the, uh, <laughs> the JR550. And there's a little bit of a backstory behind that, too, since we're kind of reminiscing a little bit. My part of, well, it's not really the reason I don't get rid of it. I get, don't get rid of it because it's the first real heli that I flew, but I bought that heli from Gorgon. He used to go by Gorgon five, four, four, five, five or something like that. Mm-hmm. He worked at ready heli, but he lived in Dubai for a long time. And he used to fly before we all knew about Tariq he used to fly with Tariq. Yep. That heli, that vibe 50 was flown by Tariq. So your or that, your vibe? That, that JR Vibe 50 was flown by Tariq. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Uh cuz he and Tariq wow. used to fly. He's the guy that used to do all the videos of Tariq before Tariq was, you know, Tariq. <laughs> the heli guy. Wow. Okay. Cool. So, so let's see. Another positives. Yeah, I, I want to hear I want to hear some negatives. You got negatives queued up <laughs> I actually here, do. or were I you got, saving those? I don't. If, I, if, I, if that throws off your flow, no, we can it doesn't. change. But I do have a negative, and um, my first negative was when I started getting into the hobby. Uh, when I was getting involved with with um, Dicey for the RC Freak podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dicey was really good friends with uh, Bob, Finless Bob. I remember one night Dicey and I were on Skype and he was telling me, 
oh, Finless is uh, wanting to get in on the call. And I'm like, I, dude, I was like starstruck. I was like, uh, yeah, I was nervous. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Finless Bob. I got to tell you, it was a very negative, negative interaction. And it was just very disappointing. And it was just, it just sticks in my mind as one of those moments that was a negative in the hobby for me. And of course, you know, the rest is history. I've talked many times about interactions I had had with, mm-hmm. with Finless and, you know, we don't need to go down that road, but that's one of them. Another one, obviously, for those of you who are familiar with the history of our alienation, I quit the hobby when the first version stopped under the circumstances of that. And we've talked about that too. So I'm not going to go into detail there, but that was a, <laughs> that was such a crappy moment in the hobby that I literally for almost 10 months, I didn't even look at a helicopter. Oh hmm. man. Wow. So, so that was that it, it had to have been rough because was, 10 months, dude, it, it was at that moment in time, uh, that was right when the the original co-host uh, just did what he did. And we've talked about that. And then, then the whole heli freak thing came down and, and just Dan was just the center of all things wrong with the hobby. You know what I mean? And it right. just all came crashing down. And uh, Ouch, I man. quit. I deleted every heli contact in Facebook. I deleted uh, everything. I, I didn't talk to heli anybody. Uh, but on on the flip side, how awesome was it when you finally did start flying again? Well, that was the thing, and and that that negative led to another very positive moment in the hobby was when Rob uh, just started sending me. Um, we just started chatting before I'd started flying, and one day I said, "Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about flying again." Oh, dude, get out there and do it. One thing led to another, and our alienation was was uh fired up again mm-hmm. so yeah. you know some pretty pretty monumental moments that have affected a lot of folks in the last five and a half six years absolutely uh, dude so um other negatives you know and, and i think this is a cyclical thing that we all kind of go through for whatever reason you're just not feeling it and you and you wonder to yourself you're wondering, God, I, I just, I don't, I don't really want to go to fly today. The weather's great, but I just, man, I just don't want to go do it. And then you start mm-hmm. wondering yourself, am I losing it? Am I losing the desire to continue in the hobby? I think that's a cyclical thing that most all of us go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that, that typically happens generally around this time of year when uh, for me anyway uh when we've you know because you you fly all spring as the weather permits summer hits fly the fun fly season begins and you start to just do your thing and you really you're really into it and then you start feeling maybe that burn and you're just you wonder i gotta be honest with you as many listeners that have told us that for whatever reason, their involvement with RC Heli Nation, listening to the show, it's like their connection when they're not able to fly or when they something happens in life that they can't fly. This this podcast, when I feel that burn, it's the one thing that kind of keeps me connected enough 
to not want to give up on flying altogether because I know it's cyclical. I know it's cyclical and I know it'll pass. We go through the winter and, and that's kind of our, for us in the Northwest, that's our long break, right? That yep. allows us to get excited for the spring. Yep. Uh, so spring rolls around. Yep. yep. And it's just, it's an ongoing circle. So continues those, on. those moments of doubt of do I really have the desire? Those are pretty negative moments when it comes to the hobby. I've got a couple that others, but sense. I'm, I'm going to save them for kind of what okay. I want to talk about. And uh, who, who wants to go next? I chatted on one of them. I'll go next. In a world where 22 degrees of pitch just doesn't cut it. One tool, all setups, all sizes, all brands. Soko Heli Tools, a unique setup methodology. Soko Heli Tools, coming to a web page near you at www.soko-heli-tools.com. Set up different and Soko your Heli. Is that, a, is that a yes? No one's contending that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have at it, dude. Jesse has the floor. All right. So one of the very first things, um, so I started out in the hobby flying a T-Rex 250. Uh, quickly got kind of... Oh, I already can tell this is going to be a negative experience. No, no, no. This is going to be a positive. <laughs> this is <laughs> just This is going... I, I'm just setting a little bit of uh, background here. So I started out flying a T-Rex 250. I literally probably only hovered the thing... 20 times before I quickly traded it for a T-Rex 450. Um, got an awesome deal and flew the T-Rex 450 for a while, but always had my eye on that 500. And so for me, one of the um, first, I don't know, a huge positive experience was I remember getting the 500. And for those of you that haven't heard the story, I bought this uh, T-Rex 500 after it had been crashed through the side of a motorhome. At the Snohomish Funfly. You, you have to revisit that story. Okay. <laughs> That's an amazing so, story. I I believe it's been three, maybe four years ago now at the Snohomish Funfly. So current my current fleet was literally just a T-Rex 450. I don't even think I brought my helicopter to the Funfly to actually fly. It was more, I was just hanging out, just getting into the hobby. Um, definitely still way too, probably way too nervous to fly in front of people or in a Funfly environment. Um, So we're kind of all standing around. We're on the south flight line or not the main flight line at the Snohomish Funfly. And, you know, there's a few guys standing around and we all wandered over there. And there's this guy flying this T-Rex 500. And you can tell that he's definitely been flying a bit, but not a real long time. And he's kind of messing around with a little bit of inverted stuff, doing some inverted circuits, um, inverted hovering and whatnot. And about... I don't know, halfway to two-thirds of the way through his flight, he puts this uh, T-Rex 500 into an inverted nose-in hover, just looking straight at himself. And he does it by kind of coming out of like a a power loop. So the helicopter has a little bit of uh, forward speed, or it's coming at him a little bit uh, while it's inverted. And you can see he just kind of freezes up for a split second. And instead of pushing up on the elevator to kind of slow the helicopter down and push it away from him. 
he actually corrects the wrong way and you see the helicopter tip even more and just start coming at him and the people even faster and i just remember seeing him drop the transmitter and hit the ground and at this point that's that's a pretty good uh a key for everyone behind him to do the same because <laughs> he is no longer in control of the helicopter and this thing goes probably another 50 feet 40 to 50 feet back and smashes into the side of this motorhome and then the craziest part about this whole story is there's this piece of plywood that's kind of propped up against the motorhome and he you know he hits that then kind of rolls up and hits the motorhome and when we walk over there to kind of assess the damage and look at the heli we flip this piece of plywood over and there's a bullseye painted right on the center of this of this piece of plywood and so i mean how ironic is this and then so he he gets the helicopter back to to his table and he's kind of you know i don't even know if i want to fix this thing i've really been thinking about upgrading blah 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 i don't you know doesn't have any parts really to just get it right back in the air and i go well heck i'll make you an offer on it what do you want for the thing you don't even have to fix it and so it ended up by the end of the night i was uh boxing up a crash t-rex 500 <laughs> with a couple of lipos and uh i was on my way home to put this thing together and and i did i stayed up probably until seven or eight the next morning and nearly had the whole thing put together in one night wow uh, um but when you're just riding off that excitement i mean in my mind and still in my mind the excitement of almost <laughs> almost <laughs> getting hit by the alley well, that of, you just bought of that but <laughs> let alone you know finally having a t-rex uh, 500 size heli in your hands because in it even in my mind right now that's like the first kind of class where you're like okay this is a, a bigger heli and so the the experience i was talking about earlier was when i get this thing put together spooling it up for the first time um it is i in my mind there's a the biggest jump is going from like a 450 to a 500 spooling up a heli going from a 500 to a 600 didn't seem that much louder bigger 600 to 700 um by then i'd been flying for a while and it, it just wasn't as big of a shock but for some reason just spooling up that 500 you know you're you're standing there you're slowly easing up the sticks your hands are literally almost just shaking uncontrollably thinking okay i have to settle down because this thing's about ready to lift off the ground and then just having those first couple flights on it and just experiencing that larger size heli yeah that's a good point the 450s don't really well i guess it depends on what kind of person you are but they don't teach you respect for the machine yeah they don't feel like yeah you're, you're still yeah you're exactly it still feels uh, kind of i guess like a toy if you will yeah mm -hmm. but that that 500 when that thing's spooling up especially on your first time it really just makes you take an extra step back and go holy crap and so that definitely a huge positive and still just sticks out in my mind the second thing that kind of sticks out in my mind, and I think for me personally was a pretty big turning point um, with how hard I flew and how quickly I progressed in the hobby, was there's one day out at the field um, at Public Works, and this was back when I had the Compass 6HV original uh, 6HV. And up until this point, I had really just been, you know, I had all my up, upright stuff down, um, forward forward flight circuits loops stall turns that sort of thing i had done 
uh, inverted hovering, I believe, in most of the orientations, and then was slowly trying to work into some inverted forward flight. But there was this one maneuver um, that I had been working on on the sim for months, and it was just on the sim, and the, the maneuver is the half pirouette flip. And on the sim, this maneuver was just automatic. I mean, I could do the thing in a box for 10 minutes, wouldn't even have, you know, wouldn't crash once and not even come close to crashing once on the sim. So really just trying to get this translated over into real life. And what it was is out at the field with Nick, I was just like, you know, hey, dude, will you buddy box me? And I really want to try some new moves and whatnot. And, he, you know, sure, I'll, I'll buddy box her. We'll fly in Spectrum Radio is not a huge deal. And so we program it up and I go up there and start flying the 6HV. He's like, all right, what do you want to work on? I was like, well, I really want to try doing some half pyro flips and you know, so sure, sure, just get a little bit of extra height and go for it. And so doing those first half pyro flips and just realizing like, holy cow, it really is the exact same thing as the <laughs> sim. Even these complex, you know, even something as complex as a pyro flip or half pyro flip, it really just translates over so stinking well. And just having that all kind of click in my mind. And I think from there, it really just sped up the rate at which I progressed because that was one of those, you know, where you'd been at that plateau for quite some time and you just needed something to break through and finally start progressing again. And just having that experience and just making that connection with, wow, I really can work on something on the sim, put in the time where there's, you know, it's a very low pressure situation and then grab a real heli in real life and go out there and pull it off. So finally making that connection, another huge uh, turning point in the hobby for me now one i guess it's it's kind of kind of positive kind of negative thing would be getting my first uh, nitro helicopter now obviously Ooh. the positive it's a nitro helicopter Absolutely. so not much more needs to be said on that because <laughs> it burns nitro <laughs> so i mean yeah awesome so is it a synergy n5c and, you know, great flying heli. It was the first time trying to learn how to tune a motor um, and just trying to get that ear. So, you know, you could tune the motor, get the most power out of the motor without blowing it up. And it was the without blowing it up part that I really struggled with <laughs> because to this day, um, let's see, I have an OS 55 that is now part of a lamp. Uh, that Kayla's dad made me. There's a <laughs> OS, there's a case, an OS55 case on that lamp. Um, I believe that was OS no, OS55 number one that I blew up. I also have a uh, semi-complete OS55 sitting in my heli drawer still, but it's not functional because the head and the internals all have metal just stuck into it from when something let go in the motor. Oh, I, I think it was a retaining ring um, came out and just shredded through the whole motor. So there's just metal scattered everywhere um, in inside that motor. So that would be number two. And then I can't remember if I actually blew up one more motor, but I know I went through at least four rings just trying to learn how to tune this thing. So Jeez, man. Oh, yeah. It, it was a rough... and. I, th I think part of it was, it was, you know, I had to realize that I was flying a 50 size nitro. And when I got into nitro, it's not like I was just hovering. 
you know, I got into Nitro just a couple years ago, so still trying to do all these maneuvers and coming into it on a 50 size Nitro going, man, I, I got to be able to get a little bit more out of this motor. And so I think it would have been a completely different story if I would have started into the hobby yeah. with Nitro and slowly grown with it. Because, you know, at the beginning, yeah. you can run the you can run the heli really rich and then the motor's going to make plenty of power for doing circuits and stall turns. But when you come into it and you have a, you know, a 3D electric machine and you step right into a 50 size Nitro, it was a bit of, it was a challenge for me to learn how to tune that thing. <laughs> Something I got through, but took a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. <laughs> yeah. But worth it because now it's like <laughs> but definitely worth it because now I can pick up, you know, I'm flying the YS91SR 3DS right now and literally within a flight or two I can have that motor exactly tuned and flying how I want it. So it is something you get through, but it it does take time and money in my case. <laughs> money and so is the key one. One more kind of yeah, money. Yeah, money. money. Well, and time. You have to be. It. You know, it's not fun tearing those things apart just to replace a ring. That's true. You, you That's pull true. Off, I mean, I don't know how many. But you times get really proficient at it. You do I've get seen you replace a ring like like a NASCAR pit oh, crew. Oh yeah. <laughs> got the. Yeah, I got the drill out with the hex driver attachments, and we're going to town on it. But I don't know how many times I would pull the pipe off. You know, because I was still kind of timid with that OS fifty five. I was pulling the pipe off all the time just to check the ring and. Most of the time, the ring was the same color as the piston, which for those of you that fly nitro know that is not good because you're not going to have very good compression. (laughs) Yeah, very proficient at changing out rings and motors. (laughs) And then I just had one more kind of negative experience that I've had in the hobby. And that was uh, an experience I had from buying something off the forums. I believe I've mentioned this on the show before, but just a quick overview was I was I was trying to upgrade from the 3GX or the I guess it was it wasn't even the 3GX it was the 3G the Align 3G at the time up to a Beastex on my helicopter and so I went ahead and picked one up off the forum and it ended up being a scam and you know a huge prolonged process PayPal ended up stepping in And in the end, I did end up getting my money back, but most of the damage had already been done because at this time in the hobby, you know, it was still, I was huge on all the forums and I still do purchase a lot of stuff on the forums. But before this, it was just kind of that, oh, we're all in this together sort of mentality with the hobby. You know, we're all heli pilots. We all love flying helicopters. And it just wasn't something that I had ever really worried about um, before that time. But after this experience, I... (laughs) I definitely look a lot more into the ratings and kind of check people out. And I love buying stuff locally from, you know, pilots around here where you don't even have to ship the thing. You can just check it out and buy it. But yeah, that, that definitely was a huge eye opener. And yeah, I guess at that point in the hobby, I just wasn't that far into the hobby and just really gave me that perspective that, you know, they're, they're all the people in this hobby are not good. (laughs) There are some bad apples, even in, you know, even in a helicopter hobby like this, where but I guess, you know, we're supposed to all be doing this because we love it, so. True. But well, that leaves Justin, I believe. Okay. I guess it's me, huh? In today's heli market, it can be a challenge to find a retailer that stocks a variety of different brands and parts, has great customer service, and boasts fast shipping. 
I can tell you that Rotary Wing RC has all of this and more. Finally, I feel like I found a place where I can get everything in one order and I'm confident that I'll get the shipment quickly so that I can get back in the air next weekend. You don't believe it, huh? Trust me. Go to www.rotarywingrc.com now and check out your new go-to online heli shop. Mine, mine are kind of, I think, a mix of positive and negative. I, I tend to be one of those people that think in general that there's always some positive that comes out of a negative experience. Um, I, I'm going to go back a ways to when I first started as well. The first helicopter I ever crashed. Okay, that's that's what I want to talk about first here. It was a T-Rex 600 Nitro. It was my first big heli. Prior to that, all I had been flying was a T-Rex 500, you know, some forward flight and stuff like that, and a T-Rex 250, which, as we all know, well, it's, for me at least, it was a horrible freaking experience with the 250. So I've got the 600 Nitro, first Nitro, first big heli. And, you know, there's a lot of learning that goes on in both of those categories to really get to the point where you feel proficient. And this heli was the first one that I actually started branching out and trying new stuff. I don't know why, but I've I've never been uh, I've never been one to feel like I want to try new stuff on a smaller heli. I've got the big heli. I feel comfortable flying it, so I might as well just try the new stuff on it, right? So for the first, I'd say, eight months or so, maybe a year, I was flying at a planker field where I was literally probably one of three, maybe four helicopter pilots that was that were uh, members. And it was one of those ones where, like, the heli guys, it was an unwritten rule. The heli guys came early in the morning and flew. And then the plankers came out a little bit later. And sometimes they mixed, but eventually, as the planker crowd got thicker, the heli crowd went away. So um, I was I was flying around uh, upright, forward. And on the sim, I had done a lot of practicing uh, with inverted forward. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do this. So uh, rolled the heli over. You know, I started into an, a, a forward upright circuit, uh, rolled the heli over inverted. Everything was going well. Uh, and, and at the time, plankers were in the air. And so what that meant at this field was when a planker's in the air, you fly the regular old planker pattern which at this time I think was left turns, okay? So counterclockwise around. So I made it through most of the first circuit. And as it came, if you can imagine now, uh, I had rolled over right before I made the left turn on my right side. So I got to watch it go inverted all the way along the length of the field from right to left on the back side. And then I, I made a left turn again and brought it around um, in front, right, on the front track of that circle. And I remember being so proud and thinking, holy crap, I'm actually doing this. 
and I'm watching it as it goes past, forgetting that I actually have to continue to fly it. Like it was, it was one of those moments where you can think, you know, like in your own head, you've dropped the transmitter. You're not actually holding the sticks anymore. And you're just like admiring the heli as it goes by. Well, this is kind of what happened. I didn't, I didn't drop the transmitter, but figuratively I was detached. Um, and, and so when I came to, I realized I was supposed to be making a turn and I was lower than I wanted to be. And I was just out of it mentally. And so I dumb thumbed it and I gave full positive collective, uh, in, inverted, uh, uh, forward flight and basically drove it into the ground. So, uh, <laughs> this was a profound experience for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one it was my first ever crash. I had never crashed the 500. I had never crashed the 250. Once upon a time, I was actually good about not crashing. I was kind of like Jesse, where I could go hundreds of flights without a problem. First big crash. Um, uh, it, it was painful because I crashed sort of far out on the right and in a bunch of weeds. And I then had to wait for all the plankers to land so that I could go out there because it was a safety thing for them and also wait for all of the plankers to leave the pits and walk up to the flight line and watch me dig through the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I finally retrieved the heli, I brought it back to the, and I'm still, you know, like I'm super freaked out now because this is my first crash. I don't know what the hell happened. Brought it back to the bench, checked it out, from what I could tell, it wasn't horrible. You know, the standard stuff, blades, boom, couple of bent shafts, stuff like that. Um, and, but I, I remember feeling so small at the time because all these guys were looking at me and I hadn't seen a crash prior to me crashing. Like, I, you know, I don't see plankers crash. So it, it, it was just it was a big deal. It was pretty impactful. But. The good that came out of it was twofold. After that happened, I felt like, holy crap, I got the crash out of the way. Now I can just let my hair down and fly because as a beginner, you're always in the back of your head nervous mm -hmm. about driving it in. Mm -hmm. And as the flight count mounts, you know, 50, 100, 150, 200 flights, you're like, it's going to happen eventually. Um, and so. I actually found myself getting progressively more nervous as the weeks went on because it's like, holy shit, how is this possible? <laughs> I haven't crashed. So when I finally drove it in, it was actually it was like it was a, a feeling of relief. Um, and then from there on out, every time I went out to fly, I felt a lot much or a lot more comfortable um, uh, and didn't really worry all that much about crashing. The second thing that was positive about it was the fact that it was the first time I actually had to kind of wrench on a heli. And while I didn't get all the way there to the, to confidence in that one crash, it was the beginning of a string of crashes that ultimately got me from hating to wrench on helis. And I mean, hating it. I was one of those guys where like, if it crashed, I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy another heli for now. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. 
because <laughs> nice. well because you know you're everything's new each heli is a different design mm-hmm. uh you're not sure you haven't gotten the experience yet that tells you oh it's okay if this thing makes this sound or if there's a little play on the shaft here or the gear mesh is right and so once you get something flying you're like okay just don't drive it in don't drive yep. it in because i'll have to figure all that shit out again yeah and and so that that was always a, a a point of anxiety for me so it 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 was the it was the first time i actually got the opportunity to go and force myself to figure it out and now shit man i love i love wrenching um and and as you guys point out on a regular basis i certainly crash frequently enough mm-hmm. to keep my wrenching skills fresh <laughs> um another another and this this one i guess i'll call this this is a uh a, a trio of negative turned positive experiences uh one is with the 600 nitro again at the planker field uh i remember it was probably the fifth or sixth flight ever on this helicopter and prior to that i had been flying electrics and had gotten into bad habits with spool up. So I walked out to the field, put the heli down. And for whatever reason, I think I was in idle up and I bumped the throttle hold and it hot started and, and the, the blade came around and smacked me right in the shin. Now, it didn't do any it bruised me it may it may have broken the skin i can't remember it was nothing serious but all of the plankers were sitting there watching and it really caught me off guard like it shocked me mentally emotionally and i can remember thinking to myself okay all right stop turn the engine off go back to your bench as quietly as possible don't talk to anyone exit stage right (laughs) i felt i i was super embarrassed and i was also freaked out because this was my first experience with a heli where i got a taste for what these things can do you know you were we were talking about you the transition from the 450 to the larger helis Mm -hmm. when you were talking jesse and um this this was the first big heli i had and it scared the hell out of me when that happened i don't think i flew it for probably another couple of weeks (laughs) same field different heli 500 electric okay and this is a couple of months later where i'm now i i can do uh forward upright backward upright forward inverted uh pretty proficiently you know, ever so often you get into a sticky situation, but I felt good about it. And um, I was flying alone at the time. And I remember, uh, I don't know what it was I was doing. It had to have been something inverted, I'd imagine. But I lost orientation. And the heli, oh no, it was a big power loop. That's what it was. It was a big power loop. And for whatever reason, I was not paying attention to where the heli was. And so, you know, I'm coming from left to right. I pull this power loop. I start out pulling it at about 30 or 40 feet out in front of me. So more than enough room. And for whatever reason, it progresses through the loop such that once I am coming out of the loop, it's like right on top of me, like coming (laughs) out towards my like me, my body, my head. 
And I remember pulling out hard and just giving it positive collective. And I felt the rotor wash. Oh. Like it was probably 10 ish feet above me. Not good. that scared the hell out of me. And then that brings me to the final negative experience, which we've all we've talked about at length. And that's the 770 crash that nearly hit me and could have done some really bad stuff. It seems to me like ever so often, you know, every couple of months or year or so, uh, something tends to happen to remind you that you're not playing with toys and that these are serious. And when you're sitting there late at night and you just want to be done wrenching, but you want to make sure that you can fly tomorrow. Um, and so you think, yeah, I'll cut that corner. I won't check that fastener or, uh, I won't set the gear mesh here. Or Every time you make one of those decisions, you're potentially playing with yours and other people's safety. And so the, this, you know, progressive string of experiences has really given me a lot of healthy respect for the helis, not afraid of them. I still love going out and flying, but if I could do it over again, would I want it to have happened that way? No, obviously not. Cause no one wants to crap their pants in front of everyone. Uh, but <laughs> The fact that I've gotten through those experiences and are uh, no worse for wear means that I can take that and improve my outlook on things and hopefully help other people. Th those have really been the most profound positive and negative experiences that I've had. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've got tons of different experiences, but mm -hmm. in terms of profound, that's... That's where my head always is when I when I think about my my hobby. Who's listening to their customers? KDE is listening to their customers. Their new G3 line of motors are exactly what you asked for. Want a lightweight motor with no sacrifice in power? The 700 XF 535 is what you're after. Want unboggable power on 12 or 14S? Slap in a 700XF455 motor for insane amounts of power. There's even the new XF Multirotor Series motors for when precision and quality are a must. Stop by www.kdedirect.com and pick out your new G3 Series motor. Here's kind of what I want to talk about. That nothing to do with the profound got everything to do with the bullshit that we all deal with and first you know you guys didn't mention any of this and i don't really know the story you guys were there but uh one thing that that i want to talk briefly about was apparently there was some uh, we didn't show up at we didn't do a show at snohomish right and there was some there was some words said about that and i you know i just kind of want to get this off my chest it's not it's we if we could, we would go to every fun fly in the country, but we we can't. There's only a few in our area, and we we're spread way far apart. And I was doing the math, just kind of briefly in my head, just for me to drive out to Othello or to uh, Snohomish and back. That's five hundred dollars in gas. 
Damn. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we do what we can, but sometimes we can't do everything. And it just, you know, it's, it's that kind of attitude that kind of pisses me off. I'm not going to mince words here. Would we have liked to have done, we would love to have done a show there. But sometimes we just, something's got to give. And, um, you know, we all have real jobs. And getting away to every fun fly just isn't possible. Uh, some of us have families we have to deal with. And, um, you know, when I hear that kind of stuff, it just pisses me off a little bit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny it. You know what I'm saying, guys? I think um I I think different people express it in different ways and there were obviously a lot of questions from people about, hey, where's Nick? Where's Dan? Mm-hmm. You know, uh hope they're doing okay and and generally speaking, when when it was explained that, hey, Nick had some stuff come up, Dan's still recovering from Urcha, I I, I think in general, all of us are still recovering from, I think I am oh, still yeah. recovering from Urcha, right? So, uh, I mean, I, I just said a little earlier in the show that I wasn't even certain I wanted to go to the Snohomish Fun mm-hmm. Fly at all. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I did in hindsight, but I, I think whether th- certain things that were said were just, you know, pitching us some shit or joking or whether they were serious. And I, I do believe some of them were, uh, and I won't get into details. And we, it, it and, doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. The, details don't matter. The mm-hmm. point of it is, is, you know, you talk about disappointing things that happen in the hobby and that's why it ties in so well to these few little topics is because it's just, mm-hmm. it's just disappointing to hear that, that kind of stuff. Cause you know, we all give a ton of time to doing the show. And we do it willingly, and we love to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would love to be everywhere, but we just can't. And, um, it, it, you know, it's just those interactions. That's a disappointing interaction for Dan. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and, you know, Nick Nick, uh, Nick wasn't too pleased with it as, as well, and he posted a, a pretty, I think, Yeah, um, he did. He nailed honest, it. Um, but blunt post on Facebook and got, you know, a lot of positive comments and support. So it's not, don't please don't take this, uh, people out there as us trying to, you know, wag our finger at the listeners. That's not at all what it's about. I mean, we know you guys, uh, support us and, uh, enjoy the show as much as, as we enjoy doing it. But, you know, ever so often there are people out there that just don't appreciate it as much. And, and that's exactly when we run into that. Yep. It's, it's, right. it's and shitty. One of the posts that uh, I can't remember, I think Jared Jarrett or Jared Watson posted to Nick on that. And he, he hit it. I mean, he nailed it. Um, we as the RCHN crew, the fact that we do a show, a, a podcast that has a bunch of listeners um, you know, we, we open ourselves to that, that kind of stuff, but I'm not, you know, it just, it's disappointing. That's all I'm saying. And, and, yeah. and I know that 99.99% of the listeners out there that listen to us that, you know, they might, if they were at Snohomish though, you know, a few of those people, they, wow, that, you know, that's kind of disappointing. I would have liked to have seen all of the guys here if they've never met us or if they wanted to talk to us, but they get it. They're like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's life. 
and you know they've been busy what whatever enough of that one thing and I, I don't even know if you guys want to talk about this but it's been under my skin for for quite some time and i want to talk about our fun fly you guys prepared to talk about this oh <laughs> yeah okay yeah let's do it let's, let's do it, it. So God damn it, let's do it. You know, this has been bothering me, and we've not talked publicly about this at all. Uh, a few people in the inner circle, those who we work with closely know about it. We put on our fun fly, and it's we thought it was a great fun fly. It's a typical of most any fun fly out there. When the helis land, transmitters get put away, the adult beverages come out. You name a fun fly. That you've gone to, that you've not seen that happen. Granted, maybe our presence at the Funfly it kind of opened it up to a broader public, because there are people who listen to the show, who don't, who live on the other side of the country, whatever, that just kind of get an idea of what was going on based on what we're saying or what they're hearing. Well, we've got a listener who admittedly listens to the show all the time, had a problem with the fact. That we were talking about hot apple pie or moonshine, as he called it. Well, this one listener made one phone call or maybe wrote a letter. I don't know. Anyway, contacted the AMA. AMA then contacts the club that hosted our fun fly. Uh, and we go into radio silence. Apparently, he complained. They're talking about alcohol, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> okay, well... That may be. There's three issues here that just really piss me off. First, it pisses me off that we try to get in touch with the hosting club and they won't even return a phone call, right? Uh, secondly, we try to get in touch with the AMA. They won't return our phone call. Third, one asshat makes one complaint and guess what? We have to find a new place to have our fun fly, and, and we're going the, to. That's the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. that's where. It goes. And 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 I and I, you know what, Dan? I wanna, I wanna. You, I think you described it well. I'll say that. That said, it, it wasn't just a report of talking about alcohol on the show and having photos on Facebook that may have included a beer can or something like that, right? It was the implication, and this is what really gets me. This pisses the me off. The implication that we were, or people present at our event, were drinking and flying at the same time. And that is the biggest load of shit uh, out there. Um, we are anyone who has been to an event with us, whether it's our event or another event knows that we are absolutely serious about safety. Safety comes first. And I have more than a number of times told people, my friends or people who I've never met before in my life at our fun fly and at other fun flies, make sure you put that transmitter down if you've been drinking. I've called people out and said, I see you got a beer in your hand. You're not flying anymore. And everyone gets it. No one throws up a stink. Yep. No one has any issues. Okay. 
And we, we held that same line at our fun fly. Okay. And, and the reason I can say that with a hundred percent confidence is because night flying is such a huge part of our RCHN event. And in particular this year where Jesse came up with a contest idea that allowed people to kind of let their hair down and get out there and fly into the lights where at other events typically all you're seeing are the big hardcore pilots i mean we had everyone out there even if it was just hovering a little 130 so that they could get a (laughs) ticket and come back and have a chance at a goblin 500 kit and we were paying attention to make sure that no one is drinking now at the end of the day uh, can we say with 100% certainty that we're always going to prevent people from doing that or that people can be prevented from drinking and flying in general at other events? No, that's impossible. A- and the responsibility lies with the individual. Okay. But the implication in this report that RCHN was holding an event uh, at which people were drinking and flying at the same time is absolute fucking shit it Um, absolutely is and and it that as dan mentioned ultimately and i I don't want to get into all the politics because i've been uh, in the middle of this crap behind the scenes since june um but ultimately what that has resulted in is the ama uh challenging this club uh for this acquisition this allegation okay uh accusation sorry uh and basically threatening to pull their sanction uh if they continue to hold events that are non-dry dry in the alcoholic sense then the club doing an internal vote that results in them telling us five or six weeks after the fact <laughs> we're no longer willing to hold your event at our site so now we're out a site which that's okay that's a bump in the road you're not gonna you're not gonna hold us down we're gonna find another site we're gonna find a better site but now we've got to go and do more legwork to find a new home location for the RCHN Funfly starting next June because one person who knew absolutely nothing about what they're talking about felt the need to call up and make a report maybe because he was having a bad day or someone pissed in his Cheerios. You know, my distaste goes a little bit further than that. I mean, that that does that that pisses me off without question. But but here, here are two more things that, and I've said it. I'm gonna just kind of maybe restate it a little bit. I can't blame the club overall because they're a bunch of older plankers that just don't want to lose their field. I mean, I get that. However, I want to thank the president of the club for sending us that nice cordial letter. Eight weeks or so after five weeks, how was six weeks, whatever. A month and a half, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I want you guys to know, the, the club to know, that we had long decided before we got that letter that we were not going to be doing our event there because of your lack of, of wanting to even communicate with us. That 
that just showed no class. Sorry. I, I can't mince words yep. there. And on top of that, the AMA. Justin, how many times did you try to contact the AMA, the regional person? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, a bunch. We'll leave it at that. Then on top of that, Justin tries to contact, or he does contact the AMA and Muncie, right? And all they do is give him a runaround, right, Justin? They tell you, no, you got to That's re- you know, you got to deal, deal with, with it at regional. So the regional deal guy, they don't even call. So one report, a few pictures on Facebook that don't even show a flying field. It shows uh, essentially our setup. Our podcast setup. Our podcast setup. And they just uh, they just go balls to the wall. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I just came from Urcha. Yeah, that's what I, ho, ho, ho. That's what I was going to say. Jeez. Held yeah. at the AMA field. I saw a lot of people flying while drunk. Yeah, not while drinking. While While drunk. shitty. Yeah, while pissed drunk. Now, I chose to stay away from that. I physically left the scene because I'm not going to put myself at risk, which I think that's what a reasonable adult will do. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm yep. not going to go telling. I'm not going to go be a little bitch about it and start naming names because I don't. <laughs> that That's somebody else's responsibility. Right. I'm I'm walking away from this. I'm not going to be involved. But the hypocrisy, and this goes hand in hand with so much of this other shit that we've dealt with. It just it, it's it, it's burdensome sometimes, and and it's it's been it's been weighing down on my shoulders. And I think you guys, the the four, the three of you, could sense it because I've been in an exceptionally pissy mood for. A number of weeks. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, really? Yeah. I hadn't noticed. You know, Nick and I had a conversation yeah. the other day. Uh, he allowed me the opportunity to vent, and I did in a big way. I felt so much better after that conversation. I The past few days, I've been thinking, you know, these other issues, and that these are the, these are the big issues. That are just have just been weighing on me. I, I've been wanting to talk about this issue, especially this fun fly issue, for a while, and I just want to get it out there. And whatever happens, happens. I can tell you what what we know is going to happen. You know, screw the AMA, screw the Barons Club. You know, we're we're going to do this without you. We're going to do what we do in true RCHN fashion, and we're going to find a place. And we are going to continue to hold this event. And um, it's going to be just like it was last year, except better. Yep. Yep. So, you know, if you've got a problem with something we're doing, do me a favor and don't download the show. Don't, don't, if, if you don't like what we're doing to the point where you feel like you need to call and bitch to the AMA about something we're doing, do yourself a favor, lower your blood pressure a few points by not downloading <laughs> the show and listening. Seriously. I've never publicly encouraged someone to not download the show because that's counterintuitive to what we do. 
But if it's causing yeah. you that much grief, please do yourself a favor and stop listening. It's that simple. Whew. Feel better? <laughs> <laughs> the demons have been exercised. <laughs> I have exercised the demons. <laughs> uh, I've been wanting to get that out for a long time. I mean, it is it going to, st- you know, at the end of the day, Dan, it's just, it's it is disappointing it is. more than yep. anything. You know, it's I that, mean, I don't, I, I don't hold grudges. I, no. I'm not going to hold a grudge against anyone involved. That's what they chose to do and how they chose to deal with it. But it's just, it's disappointing that we, after all that we're in together as hobbyists, we've still got to deal with those sorts of things. You know, and that's why it so, tied so well into what your proposed topic was is because it's uh this will go down uh, in a year and a half when we're talking about things that have happened in the hobby that have been disappointing mm-hmm. to you this this topic will be in that conversation yeah in that next mm-hmm. show and it just happens to be happening at this moment you know and um i don't want to i i want to leave you guys with this thought before we move off of this topic you know, it's not going to change anything that we do. We're going to continue to have a good time and do the show and do what RCHN does. But sometimes it's good to just kind of vent, you know, just get, just talk about it and be done with it. Like Justin mm-hmm. says, I'm not going to hold any grudges. Uh, in fact, I'm not even going to consider, I, I'm not going to waste room in my head considering these people that are involved because it just, it's a waste of my time. Yep. But that being said, I've talked about it. It's (laughs) over. Don't need to talk about it. It's done and over with. And RCHN three is going to be at a TBD location. And once we find out and lock it in, you guys will be the first to know. Absolutely. Yep. If there's one thing I've learned since I've gotten into this hobby, it's that if you're going to buy it, buy it once and buy quality. With my recent purchase of the iCharger 4010 Duo, I feel like not only did I get quality, but I'm going to get exceptional charging performance. So if it's time to upgrade your charging system, buy it once, buy it right. www.progressiverc.com Before we go and talk about emails and how to get in touch with us, I've got some pretty amazing news. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of talk about these little um, credit card-sized black cards with numbers on them. Yes. Like, those exist? Okay. I would love to take all the credit for what I'm about to tell you, but credit really falls in Ken Salloway's corner Ooh. Oh. ken has been for the past few weeks you know i i talk with ken a lot and he could he could tell that i was not in a good place the last few weeks and he's been asking me damn what can i do what can i do to help you guys do what you're doing take some of the stress away or some something that you're working on that you need help with and one night i was sitting there i said you know what 
getting these citizen cards out really needs to happen. And um, so I boxed everything up. I sent them to Ken. Two days later, I want to say there's been 140 cards sent out. Yeah. Nice. Go Ken. Awesome. So Ken's been on the ball. He's doing it up. He's getting everything printed out, the, the uh, welcome letters, and uh, getting everything stuffed up into the envelopes, getting the cards in there, uh, checking the spreadsheet, and uh, getting everybody's stuff out there. I do know that there's been a handful gone out. Uh, I, I There's a no, new batch. He sent me a picture of the two huge stacks that are due to go out as soon as the post office opens. So those will be showing up very shortly. I know we've been saying <laughs> we're going to get to them. <laughs> I apologize. It, it's a, it was it to be honest with you, to catch all those up, that turned out to be a monumental task. It was a big project. So again, Ken, fantastic. Thank you so much for your help. And uh, look for those cards. Justin, your wife's card should be there in the next day or two. Yes. So. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Since I've forgotten to grab hers like twice now when I've had an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so those uh, those will be coming out. Look forward to that. You guys have any parting thoughts before we uh, give out some emails and all that good jazz? I, I'm Words good, of wisdom. Man. Words mm-hmm. of wisdom. Words of wisdom, go fly. Go fly. That's a good word of wisdom. Fly lower. Fly, lower. fly faster. <laughs> Crash learn less. Something, learn something new. Yes. There you go. Learn something new. Buy a new helicopter. Support Buy a new heli. Buy, Buy two. two new helicopters and, uh, and a new speed controller. $800 speed controller. Oh, here's, before we go, you know, I've been talking about, I am going to get um, an Evo when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I'm going to do is uh, take those landings, those uh, landing gear off, mm-hmm. and put mm-hmm. retrofit. I don't know. I don't care if I have to fire up our familiar machine and make my own. I'm going to do that because I. What <laughs> What you should do is you should uh, you should take them off, and then you should engrave something uh, obnoxious or obscene on them, and then send them to Mark. <laughs> because you and Mark, like I could tell, dude, there were like there were like feelings. There are emotions being <laughs> transferred between the yeah. two of you on those those skids. Yeah, I think you're because right. Because you so vehemently hate them, yep. and he so vehemently loves them that yeah. there was like heart and soul put into. There that was like an impasse there. It was like, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if we if it would have been if that conversation would have like been happening, he may not be downloading shows anymore. <laughs> if that conversation would have been happening two hundred years ago, somebody would have been impaled. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> a sword would have been drawn. That would have been the end of it. <laughs> All righty. So I guess we should do some emails. Uh, Jesse, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you could send me an email at jesse at rchelionation.com or catch me on Facebook. Justin? You can send me an email at justin at rchelionation.com or catch me on Facebook. You can reach Nick if you, uh, I don't know why you would want to. You could reach him at Nick at RCHillyNation.com. Catch him on Facebook as well. I'm sure he's there. He's a Facebook fanboy. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I am Dan. You can reach me at Dan at RCHillyNation.com. Dan K. Reed on the forums. And um, 
you know, I'm, I guess you could reach me on Facebook as well. I don't really do Facebook a whole lot, but, uh, you know, I do check it. That about wraps it up, guys. This has been episode 151. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we... We sure hope you have enjoyed Take listening three. to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Later, guys. Get some flying in. Take it easy, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Genzase Batteries, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.